This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I have been extremely open about my struggles with severe anxiety, depression, childhood trauma, and therapy has honestly given me the tools to not only get through the everyday, but enjoy every day. Whether you're coping with trauma, stress, a specific hardship, whatever it may be, you don't need to feel ashamed of normal human struggles because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you because there's BetterHelp. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You all know I always complain about how expensive therapy is, but BetterHelp therapy is much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are working with therapists from home. I mean, what's the harm in trying it? I guarantee BetterHelp's therapists will provide you with a new perspective on your current struggles. BetterHelp has a special offer for Meet My Mess listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash meet my mess. That's better H E L P dot com slash meet my mess. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Shit's about to get messy. Real messy. What is good? I'm feeling super gangster in my hat today and my headphones. What is good, mess makers? My eyes look puffy. I'm not stoned. I just came off of a steamy, hot therapy session. So I've been crying my eyes out for the past hour. And now we're here to come talk about some more depressing shit. I hope that you guys have been enjoying the new creative project that is Meet My Mess. And I hope you guys like how I have rebranded the show. Redesigned the show, revamped the show, given the show a little Brazilian butt lift. Today I had a lovely, educated, knowledgeable woman on by the name of Nadine Adam, and she is the social media manager at The Other Collective. So The Other Collective is a student-run magazine, I believe out of UC Davis, um, which I didn't know until we had this interview, but it's a student-run magazine and they work to decolonize media perspectives that target South Asian, Southwest Asian and North African individuals. And before you guys freak out and run away and say, I have no idea what this bitch is talking about right now. I felt 
very nervous before doing this interview because I also felt that same way I thought I don't really have a lot of knowledge to be talking about this topic but you can't grow if you don't learn and if you don't have the conversations so we had it anyways but I swear that Nadine does an amazing job at breaking down these concepts and teaching you about things about human rights practices in these areas that you would have never known there are so many things she told me that I was just absolutely shocked by things that are going on in these areas that we here in western culture have zero knowledge of it was really like mind-blowing to me that there's these whole systems and I guess What's the right word? I guess just groups of people that are discriminating and othering um, South Asian, Southwest Asian, and North African individuals. So today's interview is going to challenge what you know about racism, about classism. You're going to learn a ton You'll learn three new terms that you can use in your next debate, on your next date. And I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode with Nadine. So without further ado, I feel so fancy when I say that, Nadine Adam. Right. So the other collective was um, started in the summer of 2018 um, at California or University of California, Davis. Um, it was started by a group of students. I was not part of the, found, the founding team, um, but um, after the stories that they've told me and stuff, it was kind of a response to like the misrepresentation of many people's identities from South Asia and Southwest Asia and North Africa. So they kind of just got together um, on basically like through shared experiences and and wanted to create kind of like a platform that showcased the region and also talked a lot about um the people like what we've what we experience um also like the marginalized people within these regions and um yeah so kind of just going up that's why we it's called the other collective it's kind of like a play on um the fact that none of people from this region generally don't have like a race category to check off um in western contexts of course so they'd rather check off like other and so then that's why it's called other collective so um, I'm Egyptian, and but I, I was born in Egypt, but I came to the United States at a young age. Um, I'm current. I I've grown. I've kind of grown up between um, Alexandria, Egypt, and California, Southern California. Um, and I came through to like become part of Other Collective actually during the pandemic. So during the pandemic, um, Other Collective started to kind of branch out and hired people actually kind of like across the globe. So even though they were located in um, in Davis, which is nor- Northern California, um, and I kind of applied for an opening position and it just kind of worked out. Um, our social media team is everywhere like we have people that are in Europe we have people that um, are on the east coast the west coast um, and it, it's tough at, at sometimes but um, but I, I'm like kind of like the the manager of that so I manage the the social media team and where the the social media team is the team that kind of like pumps out content for um, either the website or generally more often we do like posts for the Instagram page like I kind of told you before I'd love to know a bit more about kind of what are the narratives that are being projected in media concerning South Asian, Southwest Asian, North African people? 
Right. So, I mean, our kind of goal, I would say, is um, is kind of like to be disorientalist and dismantling Orientalism, which if you know, if you're familiar with Orientalism, you would know that it's kind of, um, it's the way that like people from these communities, like again, North Africa, South Asia and Southwest Asia are um, depicted in a ways that distorts like the cultures and, um, and kind of like otherizes them. And it portrays these cultures as kind of exotic, backwards, uncivilized, or dangerous. This is kind of like um, the old school Orientalism. Obviously, Orientalism has kind of shifted and changed with things like commodification. Um, like still, there's still some exotification going on. Um, and our approach, which is disorientalism, it's the op opposition to that. We're dismantling the, distort the distortion that comes with these Western depictions of our cultures um, and our identities. And kind of also encouraging like the expression and representation of like regional identities of people um, on their own terms. And so we don't want, like it's really important for us to kind of not speak over like people um, and showcase because there's always going to be people that are also marginalized within margins like where we are a privileged people to be able to have the platform to do these things a lot of us grew up in western contexts and um it's a kind of a thin line to balance but to like create like this balance of not speaking over people and not taking up too much space but also using what we have to kind of um fight back against like you know orientalism I mean, it's a constantly like a learning process for us. Um, we do talk about things in Western context sometimes, like the diaspora and, th and things like that, because these are things that we have experienced firsthand. But when we can and when we have like um, engagements with other people, because I mean, we've been able to um, really reach out to people from these areas and kind of uplift what they have to say or highlight what they have to say and give and use our platform um, in a way that like, so that they're also using our platform and we're just kind of like, hey, look at this. Um, but yeah, so that all this to say, I guess, is like, it's it's just always kind of like a learning process. Like we're not claiming to be like experts on anything. Really, we're just like a group of like students um, that have a common like experience or a shared experience that are just kind of like doing our best and and kind of with what we have and um, and yeah. What can we do? From an, as, from an outsider's perspective to help to kind of decolonize or deorientalize de is that the word you use yeah so we we put um we say dis, dis dismantle orientalism or like um, dismantle if you're orientalism mm -hmm. so i want to break what we just talked about down a little bit first i want to talk about the concept that this group of people doesn't have a race category in our society. So South Asian, Southwest Asian, and North African individuals don't have a race category in our society. And when you think about it, you're right. Like what term would you use? And I feel so ignorant that I've never even noticed that there was no racial category for this group of people but that then goes into a whole discussion of should we be naming people based on the color of their skin but the reality is people are treated differently based on the color of their skin so it's just very interesting that 
this group of people has been completely ignored in racial discussions. They've been completely overlooked. We've had this grand, grand discourse in the past, however, for years now, of course, we've been talking and progressing in terms of racism, but these past two years, we've seen a really intense discourse in the media around racism, but we're not really hearing about this one. And what happens here is our feeds tend to get flooded and flooded and flooded with only one movement at a time. So in the past couple of years, we can recall the pandemic, obviously. Black Lives Matter, obviously. Um, what else? Those are just like the two first things that really spring to my mind. Of course, there's many more. The first two that really, really spring. Maybe bo- body positivity is a huge conversation these past few years. Um, of course, like I can go on for ages. Sex, you know, sexual assault. There's like millions of millions of things we discuss in the media. But this particular discussion, I don't see pushed as much or it being discussed as much and as much awareness being raised and that's why when I found the other collective I had to have them on the show um but because there's no viral disparity viral video of the disparities at least that I've seen on the internet we don't really pay as much attention to it until we see intense, intense mistreatment that's as maybe just as or more severe than treatment we've seen of racial groups in the past. We're not talking about it. But just because there's not a video going viral doesn't mean that this discrimination and racism isn't happening, right? So that's definitely something to take into account. And I'm really happy that this was drawn to my attention and to your attention, because as much as we need to keep our eyes open for movements that aren't just the ones that are viral on your feed, um, I completely forgot where I was going with that. Wow, that pisses me right the fuck up, right up. It was a really good thought, too. I was on a roll. I hope what I was saying was even making sense. Half the time when I speak, it makes total sense in my head and makes no sense when I watch it back. But unfortunately, the thought is gone. And I was probably starting to go on a rant anyways. So the next thing I want to discuss. Did I even fucking unpause the recording? Oh, I did. Good. Good. pat on the back for that one um is i want to go through three terms she nadine mentioned um while discussing her concept and what the other collective do because these were three terms i wasn't particularly fully familiar with so i think that there's a chance 
other people won't be familiar with them either. So I want to break them down a bit because I think that they're terms that, again, you could use on a date to impress someone. And they're also terms that are very important and help to understand what's going on in terms of discrimination of this community. So the first term I want to talk about is Orientalism. So Nadine broke down kind of what dismantling Orientalism is, but I just want to kind of revisit it one more time. So the definition that I found was Orientalism is the misrepresentation or stereotyping of individuals from Asia, Middle East, or what used to be known as the Orient. So what the other collective aims to do is dismantle or stop all of these behaviors. So they're trying to stop, put a halt to these misrepresentations or stereotypes before they go any further. Next commodification so commodification is trading this is okay before we get before we talk about this this is just kind of what I interpreted through reading quite a few academic articles and what I interpreted was commodification is trading someone at least okay this is what commodification is in this context commodification is trading someone like a commodity or an object so essentially fetishizing statements in this in this particular community could look like oh you look like my favorite anime character oh uh," or like particularly looking for a girlfriend that resembles an anime character or particularly looking for a boyfriend that resembles the lead singers of bts in these airbrush photos they're not real realistic individuals right so um treating a person like a commodity or an object um a character an anime character is not a real human being so looking for an anime character and a human being is not ethical hate to break it to you even if it is a fetish. And we see this in a lot of communities as well. We see this with um, just like the fetishizing of African-American individuals, you know? Um, Yeah, huge, huge thing people are into. Very, very taboo in terms of race and the discourse of discrimination. Um, okay, next term. And that's like a topic I definitely want to get into on a later date because I think that that's important. Race in porn. Okay, the last term is exotification. So when she said these words, I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I didn't know what either of those words meant. So now we're learning together. I learned a lot from her and now I did my own research and I'm here to bring it to you. And I hope you guys continue to do your own research even after this to understand maybe things I didn't talk about. So 
exotification is the romanticizing of stereotypes attached to a certain group of people. So fetishizing a certain stereotype in my personal life that would look like Someday I won't have to stop talking every time my family comes downstairs. Someday I won't have to be quiet every time I want to talk about sex. Someday I'll move out of my mother's basement and things won't seem so blue. Someday I'll be able to make this podcast and bring real quality content to you (sighs) i really impress myself sometimes with my on the fly songwriting skills it was so damn good like i wish freestyle writing broadway songs was as cool as freestyle rapping is because I could literally write, I could write the screenplay, I could write the music, and I could choreograph a whole musical in my head in about two hours. But freestyling one bar of rap sounds like my literal version of how. <laughs> someday okay (laughs) exotification jesus christ um okay exotification is romanticizing stereotypes attached to a certain group of people he's back again so again an example of that in my life would be redheads are freaks in bed um that's just like an example I could give because like I didn't want to like perpetuate any other stereotypes so I'll give you that one but in my personal life that would be kind of an example of exotification is romanticizing a stereotype that's attached to a certain group of people let me try and think of something else off the fly because this is just for the sake of examples. Um, uh, fat girls give good blowjobs. Perfect. That is romanticizing a stereotype attached to a certain group of people. <laughs> so fucked up. I don't even know if that's a good example or even correct, but. I think so. So the difference between commodification and exotification is commodification is treating someone like an object and exotification is romanticizing a certain stereotype. Last thing I want to say about what Nadine just talked about is her saying that her and the other collective doesn't speak on experiences 
they don't have so they don't speak on the experiences of people living out life in um the areas I mentioned before she comes from a western perspective and the narratives she sees being perspective portrayed there in the United States that doesn't that's not to say that the other collective doesn't speak out on other people's stories they have other people come on and share their stories or come and interview with them I'm not sure their whole process but they do have um people come and share their stories through their magazine but the reason I bring this up is because this is really really crucial to what I do here on the show I never ever want just to bring it all back around to me you know because I have to it's me um the show is my show it's about me just kidding um but not not really um yeah but I think that everyone should try to practice a little bit of this in their own life because you have no idea what an experience is like until you've walked a day or a life in someone else's shoes um things come up emotionally physically that you just couldn't even begin to understand if you haven't experienced a certain situation firsthand so I think that someone who has lived an experience should be the one always telling the story they should be the ones um yeah telling the story and also what was I trying to say I don't want to say like getting the getting the attention for it but like someone else shouldn't be like someone else shouldn't be getting all of the praise and attention that comes with being vulnerable because someone else should have gotten that that praise and attention for being vulnerable and sharing their actual own stories. I that makes that made no no zero goddamn sense out loud. None. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say, let me give it one last kick of the can. Someone who's lived a traumatic experience should be it's gone it's gone but another point this point is completely unrelated to the last one but this point is they should be the one telling the story because they have the most accurate representation of what this feels like they can give the most honest advice Um, to help other people in the same situation and to help outsiders understand what people in a traumatic situation need we're scraping by we're scraping by right right I think it's really important for people to just kind of like be open and learn and there's a lot of unlearning that goes with this I mean we are as an organization we have conflict within the organization we're constantly unlearning because there's such a diverse array of different people and 
um, it's always really important to go into just kind of anything with like an open mind and know that like, there's some things that you're going to be wrong about. And there's some things that you're going to have been misinformed about and that that's okay. Um, and so also just kind of like, it's, it's really funny now with the rise of like the Instagram infographics and that stuff. This is kind of like where people, most people get like their main source of information, which is kind of can be like a little bit of a slippery slope, right? Because, um, people just, it's not like, like something, sometimes some things are really, really simplified and they're not as they may seem. And so it's really important to go out to kind of like go out of your way and to, um, be able to research things or, um, look up things and, and consult different sources and that kind of stuff. It's really just a very fluid process. And that's kind of, I guess what, um, people that are not part of these communities that are like, that are interested in learning or knowing, um, or developing their knowledge on these topics is to just kind of like be really, really open and like, know that like some things are not as they may seem, even if things go viral, or even if, you know, like something seems like it's this way, it, it, like there's more there's like such a complexity to these topics that is not covered in like the mainstream media at all I think that's really really good advice especially just for any any day you know like what you see in the media is not always what it seems to be I've definitely experienced that firsthand so I think that was a very very good piece of advice do you have any like examples of perspectives that or not perspectives I guess I guess perspectives or stereotypes that you see often portrayed in media that you're like specifically trying to dismantle um I mean I would like I would say like maybe um well one thing that is not commonly talked about is the presence of lgbtq people in the in this region and that's something that we um always try to kind of like highlight we've gotten a lot of backlash because people from our communities follow us and even there is like um just like conflict about that and so it creates really interesting conversations both within the structure that we have and outside of the structure that we have so that's something um, that I don't think is talked about a lot in mainstream media. Um, and I so what I took from Nadine's section on how we can help um, is we can continue to educate ourselves. Social movements are always, always, always evolving and growing. New terms are always being added into discussion. There's always new things to learn the biggest mistake you can make in life in life in life is thinking you know everything there is to know on a topic because you're simply wrong there's always going to be someone who knows more and is a better ally and I'm not trying to say you need to know everything there is to know about everything but I'm just saying humble yourselves continue to learn continue to grow and continue to check in on movements that you deem important and deem worthy of your attention and worthy changing which there are a million out there and if you're saying none of them are then you're just a shit person sorry bye um so (laughs) so much of okay yeah sorry um yeah there is always someone I just like malfunctioned there's always someone who knows more and is a better ally than you unfortunately um 
I'm always learning how to be a better ally. I thought I was a good ally and I realized now that there is still so, so much for me to learn and unlearn. So the next thing I want to touch on is that Nadine said, and I just want to reiterate it again because it's so important for everyday life is that so much of what is in the media or in the news is a lie. I want to take us back to like 10th grade English class because I really, really feel like some people were never taught these basic skills. And that is how to like watch your sources, check your sources. Who is your information written by? It's very easy. A lot of time we have an article these days online, you can just click on the writer of the article and pull up a picture of them, their profile, all that. Where did they where did this person get their facts from? All that. I was at my stepdad's house the other day and he was like telling me about some conspiracy theory about energy in China and I I said like can you pass me the article he's like yeah sure so I like started like scrolling through because I was like already knew it was like a conspiracy theory and like not true just because it sounded so outlandish and made no sense um but I like went, I like gave my dad, I went to school through and I like clicked on the author and all of a sudden pops up this like lady from Florida in a bikini. That's like the photo she chose for her writer's profile photo. And I was like, this is the lady. This is the goddamn, oh, I wish I'd taken a screenshot. She looked off her, I'm, I'm sorry, this is me. She looked off her goddamn rocker. She was hair just everywhere, sunglasses, big, big diva sunglasses, skimpy bikini, like barely so close to nip showing. It was, yeah. So this is who wrote this article. And I said, this is who you're getting your information from. This is who you're getting your news from, your facts from. So just like fucking take a look. So I want to remind you all of the same thing that just because you read an article, it can be written. I feel like this is basic news, but I feel like I need to tell people just because you read something from a news source doesn't mean it's true or like an article on Facebook, an article on Instagram. And yeah, even like straight up news sources lie too. I'm like, I'm dead ass serious. I don't want to get into this, but I had like a very, um, really traumatic family experience that ended up in the news and so much of what was put in the news was a straight up goddamn lie that my family member wants to come in and talk about it one day maybe he will but um another thing you have to check is is this news bias and news news flash news flash usually the news always is bias and even if it is bias I feel like in this day and age a lot of us are okay with that we're okay with our news being liberal leaning or conservative leaning or I guess we're I don't even know right wing left wing I don't know what you guys call in the states but um liberal and conservative here um we're okay we're okay with it being biased you know like a lot of us are aware of where political standings stand and are okay with opinions similar to ours accompanying the news but even 
even then, you really have to take things with a grain of salt, even with these filters, making sure who you're writing, who's writing your article is legit, even with understanding that there's bias and everything you have to take everything literally everything you read with a grain of salt unless you saw it with your own two eyes and had the ability to develop your own opinion about a project a certain subject it's going to be twisted along the way in some way because how someone views a situation is never going to be the same way you would have viewed a situation and this is just an amazing reminder to continue to question authority, government, news, big pharmaceutical. They've all done a lot of harm in the past. Organized religion, everyone has, all of these groups have done a lot of harm in the past. And it's our job as society to keep ourselves somewhat non-biased and to hold authority accountable. So Government of Canada, let me in the club. <laughs> Just kidding, but yeah, no. Seriously, I'm starting to go nuts. Nuts. But if you also, I want to mention, Nadine talked about LGBTQ rights a little bit in this community. And I was going to dive into it more, but then I realized I did like a whole, whole episode on this already with Natasha Lama. So if you guys want to, I think it's called like, like I can't remember, something Indian, Malaysian girl sexology or something like that. Um, I did an episode with her all about this um, and it's really good. And she's really fun and very also um, educated on this topic. So you guys should go watch that. We also do a lot of like um, work, like that is anti-caste. So, um, with dismantling casteism in South, in South Asian context, and a lot of people aren't familiar with casteism at all or, or how it manifests in like Western contexts. And it's really important to also, um, when talking about, you know, South Asians to also be aware that caste is playing a role in a lot of, in a lot of these social contexts, even in Western contexts and in obviously in the context abroad. Um, so that's something that we also really, really place value on and like highlighting. So what is casteism? <laughs> so um, the caste system in India. So I am not an expert on this. I actually, that's okay. I had no idea about this until I joined and one of my colleagues, Radhika, who um, she uh, does a lot of anti-caste work, but caste is, is like, it's this, it's a hierarchical system that is, um, that is kind of like running society in India. And that's a very simplified, um, way of putting it, but, um, and, and casteism is the discrimination based on people's caste. So caste is something that you're kind of born into. If, if you're in, if you're like in the South Asian context, you're born into it and you can't really change it. It's kind of like, um, social class, but on a more extreme level. Um, and it has, it's, it's very, very, um, problematic because it creates a lot of discrimination within South Asian context itself. And so a lot of, a lot of people will discriminate based on caste. It happens a lot because you can kind of also tell people's caste by their names. And there's a lot of that going on again, this is super, super simplified. Um, but that is kind of essentially what casteism is. Um, and so, yeah, we do a lot of anti-caste work 
at our organization. Um, we fundraise before we've done like anti-cast, like um, we've organized like protests on, on campuses. So it's basically, it's, so it's a hierarchical system. If you look up a photo of it, it kind of looks like a, it's like a triangle. And so you have people that are upper caste and you have people that are lower caste. And then there's an even lower caste that's, um, I, it's called like, they're called Dalits um, and which translates to like quote unquote untouchables. And, um, and then the, the, those people aren't even part of like the caste system. And so they, so it, the way that it rules society in India is that it basically, um, controls like the jobs that you get, um, the opportunities that you get, that kind of stuff. So I think class is not the best comparison. That's the only thing that I can kind of like compare it to and, and, to, and to make it like Western people like understand it. Um, but it's definitely, it's more intense than that because like I said, you're kind of born into it. There is no way out of it. It just kind of like defines like it unfortunately like defines like who you are. Um, and there's a lot of work against that. Like there's a lot of work that um, that is going on to kind of make this like not a thing anymore, but it's really, really difficult because it's deeply, deeply embedded into like all the cultural processes, um, which is why even when you put it in a Western context, it still kind of manifests. What is the kind of most shocking thing you've learned since working with the other collective um honestly I would probably say cast because like yeah I I I was familiar I'm familiar with like a lot of the cultures and so obviously my region like my region is is North Africa and I I'm even familiar with some of the things in like um Southwest Asia but in the I was really ignorant to the South Asian um processes and and things that were going on and so as I joined I obviously um like I said you you when when you get when you work with the other collective you're kind of like you're kind of just constantly like learning um and I had to kind of learn very quickly like what cast was and and things like that and I didn't I in my life I would have never like I, I don't think I would have ever come across it because it's just like um something that's not really talked about but now that I know and that I'm aware of it, I'm kind of like, wow, how is it that I've never come across this? How is it that this has never been talked about in any of my history classes or any of my um, college courses and any and any of that stuff? Because it's such an integral part of, of society that I think everybody should know about it and be aware of it um, so that we can kind of get rid of it, you know? I'm back. Okay. Let's talk the most, most, most shocking part of this whole podcast, this whole damn pod, and that is the idea of casteism. So I think Nadine explained it so beautifully. I completely understood what she was talking about when she was explaining the concept, but I want to take it one step further and kind of dive a little deeper into the things she said so that we can continue to understand so the definition that I found of casteism online was casteism refers to one-sided loyalty in favor of a particular caste. Casteism leads the members of one caste to exploit the members of the other caste for their own vested interests in the name of superiority or inferiority. So basically what I got from that is you ride with your caste. Basically like other castes don't fuck with each other. Um, you don't have a choice to mess around with a different cast. You are born into your cast. You stay in your cast. You associate with your cast. And anyone not in your cast is 
an outsider to you. That's at least what I understood from this definition. And now you will see my lovely infographic here with the casteism hierarchy that Nadine mentioned. So I, I absolutely apologize in advance for slaughtering these words because they're not in, they're not in my language. Um, I speak English and French, so I'm really really sorry. And anyone who speaks who understands these words, please DM me and send me the proper pronunciations and I'll post them actually I'm gonna go find them myself and post my stories because I do feel bad that I'm going to absolutely slaughter these words like slaughter I'm sorry so we talked about the bottom of the pyramid which was called the untouchables and we can see here that the untouchables are outcasts of the outcasts they're the sweet strippers they're the toilet cleaners they basically don't even have a role in society in the minds of everyone else on the hierarchy so a part of this I didn't quite understand either was that your caste determines what job in society you'd be given so you're born your career is already decided for you. You have no chance to move, go up, down, grow, not grow, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know what that means in terms of like doctors and stuff, how they're, um, how they're, like how great their like medical system is. I don't even know. Like I don't want to portray anything. I don't know, but I can imagine that if you're born into a position you don't like, you wouldn't particularly have a lot of motivation to work extremely hard at it. Okay, so the next layer is suja, suja, suja. And these are the commoners, the peasants, and the servants, which when I heard this, I was like, wow, like I thought peasants were like the lowest of the low, but apparently you can get worse worse I can't believe they call a whole group of people untouchables that like literally makes me feel like icky even saying it and makes me feel sick the third tier of the hierarchy is Vaisha Vaisha and these are merchants and landowners so I guess what we call it would call here like blue collar workers I guess um this word I really am going to struggle with Shatria 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 should try should try yeah oh i feel so fucking bad i don't want to say these words um these are the warriors and the kings which again i thought that that was like in our society that's like top of the top is the kings but in indian society they have one reign higher and that's brahmin and these are the priests and the academics so i guess in their society academics have more respect and um I don't know yeah respect and social social status I guess in in um Indian society so I thought when I heard about this idea of caste 
the caste hierarchy or the caste system that this was absolutely heartbreaking I could not believe that I had never heard of this term before I did a whole four-year degree essentially in just like how people in the world are treated shitty called sociology and this concept never ever crossed any of my books so I'm so happy I'm so thankful that I got to learn something new like this because this is like kind of shit I like live for like I like human rights and like how people are treated within society I find it so so interesting um but I just thought this was an amazing opportunity for us if you're listening to this podcast right now the fact that you even have the opportunity to grow in life is a privilege we are so 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 lucky even with the past year we've had with pandemics with natural disasters we have one thing that this group of people don't and that's the opportunity to grow to move forward to expand your way of living and that's an opportunity that people who live under this caste system simply don't have and that's like completely completely shocking to me because for me it's like what is life worth living if you don't have hope you know and it would be hard to see how these groups of people would have hope but yeah on that note a depressing note I really really hope that you guys took something from this episode and you guys found it useful and it wasn't didn't feel like like a history class like I hope you guys genuinely found it interesting and useful and knowledgeable and informative please let me know if you did because I will do more kind of sociologically based episodes if you guys are interested in hearing me talk like this about society and how people in society are treated I love to do it it's one of the things I'm the most passionate about so please let me know I'm also going to put a ton of resources in the show notes um places you can donate places you can sign petitions things like that to help stop the caste system um I really hope you guys you make use of them and do what you can to continue educating yourselves and make a difference um something that the dean wanted me to say is that the other collectives website is currently under construction but they are working right now to get it back up and you can find them on instagram their content is unreal they have so many infographics every day about similar things to what we just talked about and they're really, really, really informative. And you can find them on Instagram at other underscore collective. And you'll be able to see all their updates there when their website's back up and any other projects they're working on. And finally, because it wouldn't be a podcast without plugging myself, I would love if you guys could follow my Instagram, which is Carissa Harrison. Um, you can find me on TikTok, Chris H99. But most importantly, I would love for you guys to rate this show five stars cinco stars and write me a review telling me what you think of the new formats um what you'd like to see on the show what kind of episodes you like please please do it helps me so much it helps me boost my episodes to the top and helps me share this knowledge with more people so thank you guys for 
listening every week, being diligent, taking the time to even make it this far in the show. I appreciate you and we'll chat next week. Love you. Bye.